A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon show, which this afternoon, Andy, featured what? Uh, Mark Richardson, the manager of one of Britain's worst teams, but you're here. There's a reason for there it. There is a reason, yeah. Uh, then we had a chat with uh, Lloyd Scott, our old friend. Yeah, Lloyd. that's right. Lloyd Scott, the man in the diving suit from the London Marathon. Uh, Romish Ranganathan. Yeah, uh, he was on good form. Romish got a new book out. And uh, Lee Ashcroft from um, Longridge Town talking about their FA Cup tie tonight and how important it is. That's right, former uh, uh, Baggies and Preston player. And England under 21, as you'll discover. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Anne. Good afternoon, Paul. And congratulations to Amir Khan for the best timing of the uh, whole COVID period. As he announced yesterday, he's bought a new 100 grand watch to treat himself. (laughs) It's brilliant, isn't it? I don't have any objection to it. It's his money. He can do what he wants. Don't flaunt it. I mean, for goodness sake, don't say to people, look, look at this, I've treated myself. But hasn't Amir been out there sort of doing food banks and stuff? Amir's and been out and about man. in the I know, community. I'm not having a go, I'm just saying, he does, the timing is just so bad, yeah. isn't it? You just, you know, have the watch, keep it, don't, you don't have to tell anybody about it, you, you enjoy it, great, that's you've your got money. No, you've got no choice but to flaunt your new £150 watch because it keeps telling you how lazy you are, it keeps telling you to get up and <laughs> drink does. more water, doesn't it? It does. Doing your head in. <laughs> what can you do? Anyway, uh, I very much uh, enjoyed the excerpt from Alan and Brazil's new book this yeah. morning. We want to try and, we've asked Alpage, we're going to try and line Alan up as a guest on this show. Are we mm. working on this? Is that going to happen? Yeah, Alan's, uh, Alan's got a new book out. So, Actually, uh, no, oh yeah, here it is. So we're going to try and get him on. It's, uh, part of it says, it's no secret that Brazil has a reputation for burning the candle at both ends. Over the years, people have assumed the former Scotland striker has a drink problem himself. He hasn't. Only where to get one at 10.30am after he's finished. <laughs> Absolutely no problem getting a drink, Alan, <laughs> at any time of day. Or special coffee, as it's occasionally exactly. known on, on breakfast I back in like- the day. But we will get him on, yeah. I take the mickey out of some of these letters that people write mm. to, uh, what's it called, to newspapers. Yeah. But I very much enjoyed this one from, uh, I'm do, sorry, do, oh, here it is, Edmund Fife. I must apologise, actually. The uh, My notes are all over the place. I left them at home. Yeah. So the wife had to photograph them. You do it about, to, you do that normally about three, about... three times a year. Three or four times a year. You forget, you basically <laughs> spend all morning producing all these detailed... I know it's hard to believe there's any prep goes into this, but there is. And he does all these detailed notes and then... And then leaves them at home <laughs> ceremonially. Honestly, three or four the feeling when I open my bag and it's, there's nothing How in there. How do you there. do it? I mean, all you got to do is just put them in there straight away. As soon as you finish them, put them in there. Because oh, I was busy doing something else today. Fair and, enough. And, and I just left them okay. on the desk. All right, then. Uh, anyway, Edmund Fifield from Kent writes in. He says, how about Manchester United and Liverpool being the two teams that drop out if the Premier League is reduced from 20 teams to 18? That's a good, That's theory, a good isn't point. It? Yeah. I mean, I imagine it'd be some kind of meritocracy and there's a pretty good chance that they would be the two bottom teams so no, I'm guessing uh, that's the answer old Edwin needs I'm sure Edmund Edmund I do apologize. he'd be upset if you call him Edwin <laughs> yeah, he's going to write another letter I was called Edwin on national radio <laughs> and um, well, but the, you mentioned the Palladium uh, yeah. last night with Arsene Wenger but uh, Cannot, apart from Amir Khan's 100 grand watch, I can't think of anything more annoying than those photos of people yeah. sitting in a theatre when you can't go to football. Everyone's made the same point. There were at least five people not wearing face coverings. It looked pretty populated. I just... I it mean, seem, if you look at the seating, it, the seating is socially distanced. I mean, I think sometimes the angle of a photograph can can yeah, belie the truth. There's still plenty of people in there. It's still an oh, yeah. enclosed space. But I mean, I think you know, no, it, I'm in favour of 
it, you know, being open, but I just think there's no logic to having... No. Everybody's made the same point. There is no logic to that, is there? You know, uh, Adrian, Adrian Durham had an interesting theory, which I'll, let, I'll keep his powder dry for me. He'll probably tell you about later mm. on. He thinks, this is, he thinks this is government payback. Oh, well, um, for football? Well, he'll explain more. I mean, look, it's his theory, so I'll let him, I'll let him expound it well, a little bit later on. It's a vote winner, is it? Uh, four o'clock. <laughs> no, but he'll explain why. There is a specific reason why, but it is, so uh, he should talk about it a little bit later on. If he hasn't spoken about it already, of course. Now, uh, of course, you can do everything on your phone now. You can turn your heating on, you can see who's at your front door. You yeah. know There's a new one now. If you're, if you're out for a run with your trainers and the lace comes, comes undone, yeah. you don't have to bend over to fix it. Oh, no, you just get your phone and you go, Tighten laces, and that's it. It's a new shoe from Nike that does that. It's so you just talk it in your phone, and it tightens your laces up. Yeah. What if it? I mean, <laughs> if you've got a bit of a Westworld thing going on, and it tightens it to such an extent, it, it cuts off your cir- circulation. No you have to, they go blue, and you have to have your feet amputated. I can't, I can't sure, see. that would never happen. I can't see the point of it but, really. Um, but it says it. Hey Google, tighten my shoes. So I don't know if you that. <laughs> that works at home if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> some some bloke's wearing a pair. I don't think they're out yet, are they? Um, the only thing is, though, Andy, yes. if if you're wearing a pair of uh, high-end trainers, and imagine you know you're not going to get those in Sports Direct for nineteen ninety nine, the ones that do themselves up <laughs> no. via an app. So if you're wearing very high-end trainers, you work on the base that you're a fairly fit person, possibly fit enough to bend over and do your own laces. Yes, up. although I do, uh, I, you know, when you are out as long as I've been for a run, it's pre-lockdown. But when you do go for a run, yeah, and your shoes come undone, it is a bit annoying. You have to stop. It does. It's also kind of wind. You, but it's kind of, you know, it's not ideal when you're in the middle of a run. So I can see the idea. You ever tried the double knot? I mean, well, I find they I've, always tend to uh, work yes. for me. I mean, you know, how often yeah. do they come undone? A well, lot? Not a lot, no. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> okay, what a marvellously pointless product. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but they're probably going to set you back 200 and something quid, aren't they? So you can probably yeah. get enough fitness to bend down and do them up. Anyway, we we'll move on. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Very much a staple of this show over the years, these sort of stories that mm. pop up from different parts of the UK and they'll tend to feature a team that's let in a lot of goals, had a terrible season, made a bad start to the season, lost 38-0 in a match. Yeah. And invariably... They turned up, they only had five players as yeah. one. Exactly, because that's often been one of the reasons. But invariably, there's always been a solid, sound reason why. So what starts out as a bit of a light-hearted story of, as a team shipping a load of goals... Uh, leaves you with a great deal of sympathy for those involved. And I don't imagine for one moment this one's going to be any different because you may have already seen today the story of Stoke Gabriel FC. They're a non-league side. They play down in South Devon and they've let in 122 goals in 10 games. Mm. And so joining us now to tell us why is uh, the manager of the team, Mark Richardson. Good afternoon, Mark. Afternoon. So you've got a fair bit. How do you feel about this? Before we talk about it and we look at the reasons why this, how do you feel about the notoriety that you've gained today? You probably your phone's been red hot and you're all over the papers. But how do you feel about it? It's surreal, really. Get me around it. I mean, was this? I take it was just a local paper story that's captured the imagination nationally. I would guess. It, um, it actually started on Saturday. We had um, Radio Devon at the at the ground. Um, we did an interview straight after the game, and it's just taken off from there. Next thing we know, we're on BBC um, BBC um, Sport, and it's just it's just grown really quickly. So, yeah. But yeah, since Saturday. So, as I've said, there is always a solid reason, and 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 yours is, I think, quite typical. That you know, you, you're not a bad side. You weren't a bad side last season, but uh, because maybe of the virus and other uh, aspects and other issues, you've you've lost players, haven't you? From, from my understanding, I've only been at the club for about seven or eight weeks. Um, up to COVID, everything was fine. Um, for some reason, um, committee members, players, managers left the club, leaving basically no players and three committee members. Wow. So four, four weeks before the start of the season, didn't even have a squad, any players or anything. So we drafted in a load of the under-18s, uh, managed to get some older experienced players in to guide these players. Um and to be honest with you, the young lads have done really well. Um, we just need to get a bit more experience in and around them, Sam. Have you managed to get 11 out each week? We have. Um, sometimes it's been tough, and some games at this level, we've had like 12 players, one player on the pitch, and only two of those have not been teenagers. 
Right, and it's a proper old-school men's league, is it? It's school of hard knocks and all that. It is. There's some good teams down there. There's mm. some physical teams down there, which I think the young lads have struggled with, to, to be fair. Um, but hopefully we're getting, say, bigger, stronger, more experienced players in that can get these young just through. I mean, on the one hand, it's it's great experience for the young lads, but on the other hand, I, I, I used to go to a school where we regularly got hammered, and it, it can't be fun. It isn't fun to lose heavily every week. It, you would have thought so, but the mood in the camp is absolutely fantastic. Um, each, before each game, it's the young ones especially, getting everyone geared up for the game on the group chat. You know, it's all positive and... Yeah, no, they're, they're absolutely they're absolutely fantastic lads. I can't I can't big them up enough. You know, forget the results, forget how we're doing in the league, forget the number of goals shipped. The Reds are still high, the spirit's still strong, and there's a strong freedom within the club. We're going to turn this round. Yeah, that's good. The worst defeat has been you've had a couple of you've had a couple of fifteen nils, I see, but you've had a three nil in there. I mean, have there been games where you thought this is the one we we might we might win this? We. <clears throat> Had a midweek at home against Ivy Bridge. Ivy Bridge had been scoring for fun. Um, we weren't going into that particularly confident. Um, we did absolutely fantastic in that, that game. We lost 3-0. It took them 70 minutes to break us down. Um, that was only because we had to make a change, enforced change into midfield that kind of changed the midfield dynamic and that. Um, so then going into the following game, we lost 18-1. Wow. Um, well, we did not see that coming. With the fight and the spirit from the from the Wednesday night going into the Saturday, we did not see that one coming. It it was just a bad day at the office, as we've had many of those. <laughs> Are you still trying to recruit new players? Have you had some new players coming? Well, no, the goalkeeper's good. I understand. I was reading your goalkeeper's been your your star man. He's been keeping everybody out. <laughs> Josh, Josh Organ, yes, yes, we've conceded 122 goals. I must say, he hasn't been in goal for all those games. No, he's, he's been he's been absolute quality. Mm. Um, you know, saving penalties. He's been an absolute leader at the back. He's been vocal at the back, and I can see one day him going further. And as I said, you you you're, you're still recruiting. Have you had some new guys come in? Is that, are, is that, are we going to see the green shoots of recovery as you get some new players in? Yeah, we've um, we're, we're still recruiting. Mm. We've got um, quite a few people interested in in joining us. We've got a game tomorrow, uh, Axminster. Um, we've got a new player coming in who lives out Honington way and lives out that way, so he's going to be joining us. And we've had a um, approach from a player in Birmingham. Oh wow! Who okay. Wants to come down. I had discussions with him. I explained basically there's no there's no money there for fees and stuff like that. He says he'll foot the bill. He'll pay he'll pay his own petrol money. Offers there on the on the um, table. Do we want it? So I've, I've put his hand off. So here Brilliant. Yeah, Brilliant. That's good. Well, uh, let's just put the word out there that if if you're of a, a good standard, you, you, maybe you're not a million miles away from Paynton, which is where Stoke Gabriel FC are. You might want to get in touch with the club and with Mark and uh, and offer your service. I mean, are you are you kind of well cut adrift in the table because of this? No, we're not. Um, tomorrow, tomorrow for us is mm. um, a big game. Uh, we're playing Axminster away. They are. The the, the um, position above us, we're three points behind them. Um, Then there's Bobby Tracy above them, who are on three points. Um, Then there's Elberton, I think it is. But then, yes, then we could get a cut adrift, so tomorrow could be a big one for us. Love to see you go on and win the league. That would be fantastic. (laughs) Brilliant. All these new boys come in. I'm surprised. John, our our producer comes from uh, Devon. I'm surprised you haven't volunteered. Do you need a five-foot-six centre-forward? (laughs) (laughs) We do need a centre-forward at the minute. Oh, yeah, you, you couldn't. He couldn't play five foot seven. He likes to oh, point out, but he, he'd have to play up front in the three. I don't think you know. He's not a target man, but he could. He could, could certainly. Be a false number nine. He could say, Oh, very false number nine. He's a tall key fan. Will you allow them? Sorry, sorry again. Sorry. He's a tall key fan. Will you allow them in your ranks? You don't mind? Oh, I, I don't know. Been a massive Grimsby Town fan myself. I don't know about that. Right. Okay. Well, we know a goalkeeper, Lloyd Griffith, is a Grimsby fan. See if he fancies coming down to represent you in goal. So. Oh, that that that'd be that'd be wicked if uh, Lloyd did come down. Okay. Well, he occasionally listens. So if the words out there. Uh, get your kit on, Lloyd. Get down to Devon and, uh, and and do a job for them. Cheers, Mark. All the best. Good luck. Thanks ever so much. There we are. That's uh, Stoke Gabriel FC, the non-league I, side, who have conceded 122 goals in 10 games. If I was Lionel Messi and I read yeah. about that story, I think I'd sort of like get incognito. I'd turn up and say, look, 
I'll play for you just once. I don't yeah. see the team thinking they're going to lose a, you know, win eighteen nil. Suddenly they see Lionel Messi lining up. Yeah, and the opposition. You you showed great restraint <laughs> in that conversation with uh, the guys at Stoke Gabriel Andy because Adrian Durham has stepped in and done what you I thought you were about to do. He said Stoke Gabriel play an Axminster tomorrow night. I bet oh, their pitch is like a carpet. Yeah, yeah, I was of course, do. I did think it. It did cross my mind, but I thought no. He's here all week. In fact, he is. Here. Yeah, I think he's here most of the week. He's certainly back at four o'clock anyway, alongside Goffey with Drive. It's I'll uh, leave so, that to comedians like Rob Wilton. Yeah, no, yeah, that's oh, nice, Mr. Zeitgeist. <laughs> Andy's doing the Rob Wilton material. That's Woken Martin I can't Kellner. Think of any other comedians named There's after no the carpet-based carpet players? Is there? <laughs> I don't think so. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. Rug Rugby. Uh, Rug Rugby. Is that Scooby Doo doing jokes now? Is it? <laughs> Go on then, carpet bait. No, let's not do that. Let's not do Floor that. Floor covering base. I'd like to say players. we're better than that, but we're really not. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Comedian Ramesh Ranganathan has a new book out. It's called As Good As It Gets, Live Lessons from a Reluctant Adult. And he joins us now. Good afternoon, Ramesh. Uh, hello, guys. How are you? Yeah, Good we're not too bad. Ramesh. Thank you. We're not too bad. Um, you, you do point out in the book you're not offering advice or guidance to people. You feel <laughs> ill-qualified to do this, but you say you're going to explore the various issues we all encounter and give you a few helpful and interesting thoughts on them. Yeah, well, I, I guess sort of my lack of qualification is kind of my qualification, if you like, in terms of I'm not I'm not saying that I've got it right, but um, you can look, use my example as inspiration to choose a different path, I guess. It's kind <laughs> of... <laughs> My question to you is, I've, I've watched a lot of, like a lot of people, I've watched a lot of television during lockdown, and most of it had you in it. I actually decided to list it all. And it is incredible what you've done this year. I mean, Ranga Nation, I really enjoyed during the lockdown period, which was an interesting program. But how did you find time to write this book? Well, I'd sort of, uh, what, what happens is, is the publishers know that I've got no real discipline. So <laughs> they, um, what they do is they say... Um, they say uh, you've got they give me quite a bit of time to write it because they know that I've got no real rigor about it. So I've, I've written it over quite a long time. And then when it started to get desperate, they organized this pandemic just to sort of get me over the lines. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what are you like with deadlines? Because, I mean, if you're writing a new show and you've booked a bunch of gigs, I mean, we've talked to comedians about this before, you know, when you've got a big venue booked, it does focus to mind when you realise you've only got about five gags. So, I mean, you, you kind of comedians essentially are used to working to deadlines to an extent, aren't they, really? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, you know, I'm constantly writing stand-up because it, you, you just get into the habit of doing that or thinking up ideas and stuff. But what tends to happen is you're ticking over with stuff. And even for the book, you know, for the book and for stand-up, I'm constantly coming up with little ideas and stuff. But then... When you actually have a, a, a deadline, it does just force you to to sort of chain yourself to your desk and and do it, you know. But you, you kind of what happens is is I take ages to do a fair bit, and then and then the deadline approaches, and I realise I left it too late, and then it's <laughs> uh, and then I ask my wife not to speak to me for like a month <laughs> while I, uh, while I lock myself in the garage. That's kind of how it normally works with tools and books. Yeah, you you must have a very good relationship with your wife because you wrote about your love life in the Sunday Times this week. And I know you do in the book as well. <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. In quite, in not I wouldn't say graphic detail, but <laughs> it's, it's it's more a, than more graphic few, than most. A few tales from the boudoir, <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Yeah, well, um, I just sort of. Um, I thought it was a, an interesting thing to reflect on. The, 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 what kind of occurred to me was the fact that it, we can't, we're very much in love and we feel, you know, all of that, you know, we, we don't feel like we're stagnant in that regard, but just life gets in the way. Mm. And, um, and so I just sort of decided to talk about that. I would sort of put some of the blame on, on my wife because <laughs> she, is so, she is so unoffendable and unbothered about what I say, that I sort of get lulled into a false sense of security that it's all right to divulge these things. And then I sort of say it on stage or write it in a book or in a column, and then friends of mine are outraged. You know, they just like, I can't believe you've done that to Lisa. And then I, I feel like I need to have like a badge or something that says, my wife's all right with it. Yeah. <laughs> just, sort of, just to put people's minds at ease. Yeah. You gave her the but, right of reply in the Sunday Times, which yeah, she seemed quite true. happy about the whole thing. There was there was also, I mean, I don't know if Sage got an advanced copy of this, <laughs> but you were talking about your relationship with alcohol, and you say, yeah. what I discovered was that any evening with your friends that involves alcohol doesn't need to go on after 10pm, because after 10pm, no new conversation happens. 
How did you know? 10pm, this is perfect for you, isn't it, the cut-off? <laughs> well, it just, you know what, it was uh, it was funny because I'd, I'd, I'd sort of given up, I gave up drinking for about six months and it was like one of the first nights I'd been out with my friends and they were all drinking and uh, what I had was a series of conversations and then it was after about 10pm, um, everything was just sort of a remix of stuff I'd heard earlier uh, for the rest of the evening. It was a real revelation to me, to be honest with you. I enjoyed the chapter on your, your mum and Zoom, and your mum's great, and she's so much a part of what you do, and especially Ranganation. But the bit you revealed about your mum's cooking, that she's she, people ask her for recipes, and she gives she leaves a couple of things out, which I thought, like, like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she basically, she, she's a very good cook, particularly with traditional Sri Lankan stuff. And so lots of people ask for the recipe and she, and mum doesn't want to, you know, she, she's, a, she's a people pleaser. And so she'll give them the recipe and then, but she'll omit a few ingredients because she doesn't want them to get it quite as good <laughs> as how she makes it. And then she only admitted this to me recently. And then people phone up and go, Shanti, thanks so much for that. It's not quite the same. as." And she goes, I don't know. Maybe it's like a magic touch. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, she's left out something pretty major. There is a chapter on football, Ramesh. Mm. And, and you kind of admit your, your relationship with football has changed a bit. Maybe because, you know, there's just a bit less time. But you're, you're not, I mean, you're a big Arsenal fan. You were seems to get older and regular there. But you're not going as much as you did to the games, are you? No, uh, you know, it's because of work and, and, and I, I, sort of, I sort of ruminate on it a bit in the book and think about my relationship with football because, you know, as I said, you know, there were, there were years when I would go to every single game and I, I really feel, I do think when you do that, when you commit to your team in that way, when they do go on to achieve something, you do feel properly part of it. And then... Like a few years later, when I, you know, work, I've been busy with work and I hadn't been to as many of the games. When I went to, you know, I took my son to the FA Cup final because he was, def, you know, d desperate to watch. And I enjoyed it, obviously, and we won. It was great. But I didn't feel that same sense that, weirdly, that, I, that I'd contributed. Do you know what, yeah. what I mean? I, I just felt like I'd sort of turned up for that and I hadn't done the hard yards. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's how I felt. That's how I feel as a supporter, you know, is, is there is... There's something about committing to seeing your team and inconveniencing yourself to go and see your team and, and putting other things aside to do it that mean that you feel like a greater sense of ownership when they go on to do well. Yeah, no, I can completely have understand you, that. I, I read the, the, that chapter as well. Now, have you changed again now that you actually can't go? Does that, has that made you sort of re-examine and think, yeah, that was how I was feeling, but actually, I mind actually being able to go. Oh yeah, well, I, yeah, I bec I've become absolutely desperate to to see as much football as I can now, and it it, it has completely changed. And I think that one of the other things is that um, you know I'm looking forward to taking my kids to watch them and and stuff like that. I, I do think when we have, in a way, you sort of reflect on how you've been spoilt in certain areas, and I, I guess it's an argument that I kind of took football being there for granted and it took it going away for a bit for me to realise how much I value it I guess so yeah I do feel like I've gone back the other way mm. Yeah, there's some great stuff about your kids in there your relationship with your kids and I, I thought it was interesting you said you've been sitting down watching sitcoms with your kids to try and find out mm. where, what they make of the stuff that maybe you like and you used to like and see see how they find it and they they kind of show you stuff as well yeah well they um they, I, I obviously, I grew up watching stand up and watching sitcom, and and um, and so you are, you do get excited to watch to see what your kids are going to think of stuff that you thought was great, and some of it they really do like, and some of the stuff my kids have, have stumbled on themselves. They do like sitcom. My oldest son likes, you know, he watches all kind of the big mainstream sitcoms like Big Bang Theory. He, he watches a lot of Friends. He watches a lot of Friday Night Dinner. He loves all of that. But equally, they then show me. I mean, they consume YouTube sort of uh ravenously and they yeah. show me videos most of their entertainment centers around a youtuber either playing a video game <laughs> or or watching a different program and reacting to it and then them telling me isn't it hilarious the way you went oh my god that was incredible and you sort of go, okay i mean we're horses for courses <laughs> uh, fair play to you so yeah it is interesting seeing that kind of looking at it through it through their eyes i mean one of the things i became aware of is is that our brains are, are wired so you know it feels like my brain's so wired so differently to theirs and my my oldest son in particular is really into star wars and we went to watch um the the, the new ones uh uh first order or whatever and um he loved it he absolutely loved it and i was thinking to myself i'm going to get him to go and watch 
the originals. And then mm. we sat down to watch the original Star Wars, and I realised that that Star Wars is made for a mind that is not of of twenty twenty. Because you know, there's a a ten minute bit where Luke Skywalker is just having a chat with Obi Wan Kenobi in his living room. Yeah. And, and, and whereas you watch the new ones and they move so quickly. Yeah. It's just uh, it's just a completely different pacing. It hadn't really occurred to me until I watched it with my kids, you know. The other thing as well, uh, I watched a lot of uh, the Rob and Rom versus series and in fact all of them and uh, it's sport features so heavily in that and uh, I've been fascinated how you've got into these sports like basketball, like NFL where you were quite reluctant at first. Yeah, well I had a bit of a I had a bit of a snobbery to American sports really. I think I, I don't know Partly, I think it's because I just sort of saw it as a bit hipsterish. It's also the, the the nature of the high scoring element of it that slightly put me off. And but um, I mean basketball in particular, I, I I I mean I was I was I loved it. I fell in love with it. I think it's absolutely brilliant. You know that just the nature of the physicality of it, the nature of how the scoring happens, and and how you it seems to lend itself to getting really dramatic kind of closing. I, I, there's an argument that the first three quarters are rendered completely um, pointless, <laughs> uh, but it is. It is. I, I did. I did find it really interesting. I, I mean, basketball. I really did fall in love with, and it's something I've followed ever since. The only thing I would say is there's so much of it, so you you sort of get into it and think I'm going to stay across this, and then it becomes like a daunting commitment mm. where you start thinking, well, I'm going to have to sort of put aside time with the kids here to really get across this. Uh, so yeah, but I, I, we've really got into a lot of new stuff. Good stuff. Ramesh, good to talk to you as always. Yeah. We'll catch up with you soon. All the best. Best luck Thanks with the book. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Thank Take you. care. As Good As It Gets by Ramesh Ranganathan. Life Lessons from a Reluctant Adult is published by Penguin and is out now in hardback. It's Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Now, earlier on in the show, we spoke to uh, Stoke Gabriel FC and uh, their manager, Mark Richardson, and Adrian Durham was, they were playing Axminster tonight, and Adrian was straight in town. I bet their pitch is like a carpet. And Marvelous. then he gave us Ilke Underlay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that has begat a bunch of um, others. Um, has anyone Underlay? Underlay Luxembourg. Underlay Luxembourg. He's on here. One of the yeah. listeners came up with that one. So you've, uh, we didn't ask for, well, we kind of did ask for carpet based footballs. We asked for it, and so you gave it to us. Uh, Max Rushton, uh, TV and radios. Mm. Max Rushton gave us Robin Van Persian, tore Andrew floorboards, <laughs> Lionel Messi. He apologised for them, then came back with Allied McCoist. <laughs> 
Uh, and the listeners, Formica Richard, says Peter, the Chelsea fan. Mm, tabletop rather than a floor covering, I'd say, really. Yeah, that, yeah, okay. Your sorry, usual no, And it's a bit United. of a purist. Sorry, you're, ban- <laughs> you're, you're banned, Peter. <laughs> He's a Chelsea pa- fan, I should have allowed it. Yeah, Jisung Parquet Flooring, says uh, That's good. Craig, the Leeds fan. <laughs> Burnt Lino, says uh, Mac, the Spurs fan. Uh, Philip Laminate, that's very good, Dazzler. Wonderly, Underlay Luxembourgo says Daniel agreeing with you. Another Lino Messi from Graham. Um, Paul Parquet, Um, (laughs) Nicky Weaver, and Daryl Yan. Matt, you're getting bored with them yet? Walter says not football, but Shag Parlo Neil. (laughs) That's ridiculous. (laughs) Doesn't really work, does it? Not at all. (laughs) Dimitar Berbertov. Anyway, you get the idea of those, and we may may squeeze a few more in if you want to keep going. Talksport.com, text 1889, tweet TSH. The assistant manager of Stoke Gabriel has also contacted us us and says they've got an Instagram account and they'd like people to follow them on that. Okay, yeah, good. Let's see if they can get a few more players in. That was a nice story. But before all of that, um, Lloyd Scott, we've been talking to Lloyd. We haven't spoken to him for a while. Lloyd, of course, is the man you would have known. Mm. He was, for, for many people, a man in the diving suit. Uh, walking the London Marathon route uh, more than once, but he's done so much more than that in terms of charity uh, challenges. And so it was a delight to see his name back out in the ether again because, I mean, probably we've been speaking to him for about 17, 18 years. Oh, on absolutely, and on. Yeah. Uh, He's just done the Three Peaks Challenge uh, and the diving suit was back out again. Good to talk to you again, Lloyd. Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Yeah, it's been a while, isn't it? I mean, I think yeah. I, think, I think the last one we spoke to you about your last challenge because you've you've kept busy. You've still been doing them, haven't you? Well, uh, yeah, I've, I've tried to uh, come up with some ideas for uh, for my final one. There was like trying to cross the channel underwater and do a marathon through London sewers and 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 under, an underwater ultramarathon down the Amazon or the Nile and things, but. Um, Logistics kind of and, and, and uh, health and safety kind of got in the way, but this one um, we had pretty much a free a free run at, so uh, we managed to uh, get this one off the off the ground. Where did you get that original diving suit from? Because it's it's it's, it's giving you a certain amount of notoriety. Where did you where did you pick up an old school diving <laughs> suit like that with a helmet and the boots and everything? Well, the the um, the the actual suit that I wore in the London Marathon that's that's now it's been ripped and repaired and uh, there's glued bits on have, have come off so I actually had to um, with what we're going to put the diving suit through this time I had to get a new one so uh, I got it off off eBay from a guy in Latvia would you believe oh right okay um, what's the going rate for one of these they they're, they're not um, cheap it was a, it was a few hundred it's a few hundred pounds I think right. they still use them somewhere in in Eastern Europe. Not so, for postage, uh, I would imagine, isn't it? The, the boots and the helmet. <laughs> no, no, no. The the the, um, the other stuff was, was fine. It was just the... Uh, just the just suit. The suit. Oh, yeah, okay. it struck me that you'd seen a picture of you on Snowden. You said it's a good outfit for these COVID times, really. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, it was mentioned that uh, I've perhaps overdone the face mask routine, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Must have been, I mean, honestly, walking along the London streets is bad. And what about climbing... Mountains, aren't yeah. Well, it's yeah. Uh, the three peaks is people should know is uh, Snowden, uh, Ben Nevis, and Scaffold Pike, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it was, it was far more difficult. I mean, the, the, the suit was, uh, you know, with the boots, it's really made for kind of dragging yourself along, not not lifting your feet too much. Um, mm. the thing the thing was with it that uh, I've, I've not climbed any of the peaks previously and, and I wanted to go in it with a, a kind of fresh experience. Um, <laughs> But uh, when I actually started at Ben Nevis and realised what it was like, um, you know, I, I realised I was um, hideously underprepared for for what for what lay ahead. Um, yeah. But it was too it was too late to turn back. I, I think if I'd actually um, had a look and seen what it was like beforehand, I I, I wouldn't have undertaken. Uh, I wouldn't have thought it was possible to be no. honest. So, I mean, look with with respect, Lloyd, you're not getting any younger. And in fact, it's your birthday today, so happy birthday. It is, yeah, it is, yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you very much. No, I'm not getting younger. And I, and I wanted to, you know, um, I've been involved with uh, the charity. I was doing it for the Lord's Taverners. I wanted to do something, um, you know, f- for them. They're just a, such an amazing charity, the way they change, um, you know, uh, disabled and disadvantaged children's lives through through sport and the sporting programmes they put on. So um, I, I kind of know what it was like when I had my leukaemia and... Um, I think most of the country, with during lockdown, would have realised what life's like actually without without sport. Yeah. And um, I just wanted them, you know, I didn't want these kids to go through life not uh, experiencing the 
enjoyment and the excitement and the thrill of, of actually playing sport. So it was something that's very close to my heart and something I really, you know, Chelsea, I really, really wanted to uh, to, to to do something for and, and bow out on. And you've met the, uh, during this challenge, you met the man of the hour, Captain Tom. Yes, yes, that was that was funny. Um, yeah, we decided we were going to have a race. So there was... Uh, <laughs> but you in the diving suit. Yeah, not, yeah, no, yeah, not yeah. Captain Tom in the diving suit. <laughs> yeah. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> So there was, uh, yeah. So there was this hundred-year-old man racing against a guy in a hundred-pound uh, odd suit, like you know. So um, uh, it was funny. I wanted to let him win, otherwise, you know, the rest of the country would would hate me forever. But he was such a gent. He actually wouldn't. He wouldn't go in front of me. So uh, yeah, we we had to call it an, an honourable tie. Yeah. <laughs> so where can people go if they would like to make a donation? <clears throat> so there's. Um, uh, uh, the um mm-hmm. or if, if they go to uh, Lloyd Scott Three Peaks Challenge, there is an actual um, uh, uh, giving page. It's called give.as slash Lloyd Scott. Okay. Uh, give, give.as slash uh, Lloyd Scott, and that'll get you, that'll get you there. Okay. I have to say as, as well that um, uh, the support team and uh, were just magnificent. I would never have done it on my own. I've never had to rely on a support team as much as I did to, um, you know, to, to do this. The actual logistics in getting this, getting me up and the suit up, and we camped on the mountain and um, getting me down again was was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really humbled and forever in their debt. Have you got any more planned finally, Lord? You got any more planning to do? Yeah. I haven't. No, not not that I want to do. I mean, again, I, I can't see how I'm going to going to beat this. Like, you yeah. know, there was great charity, fantastic support. Um, you know, the three peaks. Uh, I mean, I remember the um, the Star Wars, the first three Star Wars films, and the first three Indiana Jones films are all like really good, and then the fourth ones were a little bit no, not so good. So I, I don't want to get into um, I don't want to get into that kind of. Um, uh, area where well, I think this one's going to be very, very difficult to uh, wow. to follow up and beat. Yeah. Well, if it is retirement, it's been fun talking to you. But if it isn't, we will chat to you again uh, about it when so. you when you take on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Lloyd. All the best. Yeah. Thanks very much. Yeah, happy Thanks birthday. So much. Thank you. Bye bye. Take care. That's Lloyd Scott there, the man in the diving suit, yes. many a London marathon. He's raised a lot of money oh, over the years. All came as he said when he had. Leukemia, and that was when he did his eighty-seven. He did his first marathon, and then I think the the outfits started to get involved as well. Yeah. Uh, my mate Steve gives us a toured gripper. I see that, and I'll give you um, <laughs> a gripper, Rod Wallace. <laughs> there we are. <clears throat> We're getting a few of these coming in now. Michael Hessian says Dave in Manchester. <laughs> That's good. Um, Jens Underlayman says Pete Mountfield, <laughs> and uh, what else have we got there? Does that work? Uh, Axminster Witzel, that's his full name, of course, David. Thank you very much for that. We've had Todd Gripper Rod, he's in from Daz. There's a lot of those doing the rounds. We are in danger of, of repeating ourselves. That's it. You know, that's never stopped us. But thanks for all of those. Closed. Thanks for all of those. That correspondence <laughs> apparently is now closed. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Now, um, Ali Ross, of course, his wonderful column. Uh, today he, he took aim at Steph McGovern, as he seems to do every week. Right. And this is a, you should point out that this is a, a, a Channel Four lunchtime show, so, yes, isn't it? It's, that it's uh, a kind of magazine, us, really. a magazine style. show. I don't show. want to give them too much publicity in case the listeners decide to go and listen, go and watch Steph. Well, I, I wouldn't blame them. <laughs> yeah, I might watch it myself. I'll I mean, put no, it on. We'll put it on one day, Andy. We'll have it and watch. We'll watch. We'll do not a, a bad idea along. because Pete has uh, texted me a picture of from today's show. Yeah, of uh, Steph. Uh, basically, the caption is. Can you eat a biscuit off your face? And there's Steph with a biscuit on it's the sort her of face. Thing, be a, to be fair, it's the sort of thing we would have asked Mike Boville to try back in the day. So, you know, we shouldn't yes. we shouldn't take the moral high ground. Like, <laughs> like that's beneath us. We used to, we used to have a man sitting here eating an onion in under 30 <laughs> seconds and stuff. So, we, you know, we had no shame. So I'll trust you to defend her. Oh, and I'm just I'm just making the You're point. Probably, the next you, minute we'll see you'll be a guest on you there. You seem to think we're like the New York <laughs> Review of Books, but we're clearly not, are we? <laughs> Let's be honest. And uh, Sue made me watch, my wife made me watch the um, show with Rochelle Humes and Marvin. It's, it's actually really good. It was a game. Yeah. She, you make them sound like a vent act, the husband <laughs> and wife. Marvin and Rochelle, Rochelle Humes. Humes and Marvin. <laughs> but obviously it was recorded because she's they just had a baby, which is lovely, and yeah. the third baby. But once again, I mean, it's a, maybe it's a family name, but they've named the top Blake Hampton. 
And I'm not sure that's going to be do the kid a lot of good down the road. What's wrong with Hampton? You go to a school in London, it might be a problem for you. Well, oh, yeah, but only <laughs> only if you go to a school with a lot of sixty-year-old pearly kings and queens. <laughs> I don't think are you saying think, that Cockney rhyming think, slang is dying out. I don't out? think the average kid in a Stepney school is standing there with sort of buttons all over their jacket, <laughs> talking about apples and pears. Oh, times check. have changed, then. It's a different language. Yeah, it's a different language. But two people. Had a, had maybe a, it's from Lionel Hampton, <laughs> the fine jazz vibes player. Maybe it's maybe very it's much so. I'm from sure. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, or a family name. I'm guessing a family Jemima name. Jemima and Mark Wright had a baby. This was in the Times today. Did they? Okay. And uh, they're thrilled, as is their dog Bagheera. So they actually mentioned that. I've never seen that before in a birth announcement. The dog got a mention. <laughs> that's good. That's well, great. I mean, that's what I'm all for the dogs getting a mention. Yes, I, yeah, thought yeah, you yeah. Might, I thought you might be. That's good. Anything else? Uh, what else? Um, you want some golf news? Yes, go on then. I've got golf news, which kind of it comes from a company called golf support they're an equipment company and they say that golf has a higher weekend injury rate than rugby and tennis uh which uh you can but then you drill down into the research hmm. uh 65 percent of it admitted uh, that a bit of a monday morning back strain 59 percent so they get a bit of golfer's elbow but then you get to the crux of it uh, 15 percent said because they would they fell over drunk at the 19th <laughs> hole it's not really a golf injury <laughs> is it golf injury. i mean that could happen to you you could do that in the street at any point but i don't think that should come under a golf injury but uh there we are football has yeah. the highest rate with 71 percent of people going sick on a Monday after playing on a Saturday or a Sunday. So, yeah. here's, here's a great letter that uh, somebody wrote to the Daily Star today. How terrible are phone chargers? Plugged in all night, but not charged because it slips out so easily. Yeah. <laughs> Why you... Not Jerry Seinfeld, that is it? <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> you what is it with golf chargers? Hey, what is it with golf chargers? No, mate, sorry, it's not really working, that one, is it? <laughs> not really. And uh, yeah, I've got my thing, you know, I hate when people say... I'm not going to be able to find this, so I'm bringing it up. Not amongst all your photocopied <laughs> notes, Andy, because <laughs> no, you forgot your notes. Let's have a couple. I've got, I'm going to squeeze in a couple more of the carpet-based oh, footballers. I'm afraid I do, while you're looking for the right bit of paper. Okay. JT, can't be that one, <laughs> says, what about Trent Axminster Arnold? Really poor, I know. Well, you said it, uh, JT. The Earl of Hartford has been in touch. Good afternoon, your earlship. He says, Razor Ruggock. That doesn't really work. And uh, please read this last one out. It's taken me an hour to think of. Franz Carpet. Franz Carpet. Franz Carpet. Franz Carpet. That's all right. That's an hour's work, An hour. It's not great. That's an hour, James. But I'm not in a position I think to what you could have done with that time. But uh, thanks for all of them. That's definitely yeah. it. No more. This is today's Is It Just Me, which is a sort of thing that I really hate. It's a really sort of witless thing that people do. And then this today's Is It Just Me comes from Sarah Gove. And uh, in the mail on Sunday, she said, Is it just me? Or are fabric face masks a bit like socks? You think you've got loads of them, but somehow they mysteriously disappear. And I've written, and you thought my Trini Lopez material was bad. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's probably on about 200 grand a year for that stuff. You're not. <laughs> exactly. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Talk to me, Jacobs, uh, here on Talk Sport. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, FA Cup now and mm. um, Longridge uh, play this evening against uh, Skelmersdale. They're both northwest uh, northwest counties Premier League sides. Um, and we were saying earlier on that the FA Cup runs at that level used to be a bit of, about bunts, really, being able to mm. do a few running repairs at the club. Um, you know, and if you have a really good run, maybe building a new stand or painting the clubhouse or whatever, but or just um, taking care of the finances. For well, a bit. but now, yeah, it's 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 life and death, isn't it? It's survival of the club. So, uh, joining us uh, now, the Longridge manager, uh, a former player who played at Preston and uh, West Brom, amongst others, uh, Lee Ashcroft. Good afternoon, Lee. Good afternoon, Pam. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good. thanks. Yeah, it, as I say, it, it, the, the kind of priorities have changed. It's it's with everything that's going on at the moment. You know, the, a lot of chairmen used to come on and non-league chairmen to come on and say, "Well, we don't, you know, we don't." A cup run is just icing on the cake. We don't factor it in financially. But, and I'm sure a lot of them still say that. But I mean, you have to at the moment, don't you? Because it, you're just so desperate to get some funds in. That's totally right. You know, we plan pre-season usually at Longridge and we try and get some bigger clubs that enable us to get fans through the door who ultimately, you know, spend a bit of money behind the bar and 
and we can get anything from five to a thousand on, you know, four or five of them, and it, it pays for the budget for the season. If you know, well, that's not been able to happen this season. So fortunate for us, we've had a decent cut run. Yeah, how many? How far? You, I mean, how much have you made so far? What difference has the run you've had so far made? I, I think we've brought in about eight thousand up to now, which is fantastic, you know, and uh, and that all goes into into the pot for the season. But like you have said before. There's still jobs need doing. I've been painting the, the clubhouse up myself over the summer with a couple of lads, you know, and just because we had nothing else to do, you know, and uh, and that looks nice at least, but unfortunately we're not be able to sell beer there tonight. Oh, that's a shame. I mean, I was going to say that's the lifeblood of the clubs, isn't it? Beer and food. Is that is that because of sort of lock, local lockdown restrictions, or what's the story there? Why are they saying that? Well, see, you're asking the wrong person with yeah. that one. You know, I, I, and I'm sick of hearing it from day to day. So I think I think it just drives everyone, you know, crazy, doesn't it? You know, we're just fortunate at the moment. We're allowed to bring fans through the door, so we've already sold the 300 allocated tickets tonight. Oh, okay, so they've right. gone. Hmm. Uh, so that's a little bit of income coming in. But you know, it's a, it's a big game for both clubs, you know. And whatever happens tonight, you know, both clubs have a have a pat on the back because we we've, we've brought them a long way, you know, hmm. in this in this year's FA Cup. It's good to hear that 300 fans are allowed in at least because I reckon even 300 make a difference to an empty stadium. Oh, of course it does. And we've been lucky because obviously pre-season we've been able to have 150. First round in the FA Cup, 150. And then the last last few games we've been allowed 300. We haven't even kicked a ball for the, for the season yet. We've had, this is our fifth FA Cup game. We've had FA Cup game after friendly after FA Cup game. And uh, our first league fixture is next Saturday. Wow, yeah. it's a lot of games tonight, isn't it? It's a big round. This, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there is a lot to come. The um, I was at a game the other day um, in the in sort of Ishmian League Prem, and there was three hundred and fifty there. But you you were allowed to have a drink, uh, Lee, and there was I mean yeah. they had a couple of the outlets going, so the club could bring in a bit of money. So it does seem a shame that you can't get the beers and pies on sale and make some money from that. Well, we have been doing, but unfortunately this week we've been told we can't, so we have to abide by rules, which is unfortunate. You know, but I'm just looking forward to the game, you know, all that aside. you know, yeah. We can't wait for quarter to eight in front of 300 fans. I think Skem will feel the same. It's a winnable game for both sides, both from the same same league, so it should be entertaining, say the least. And the prize money tonight, obviously with each round the prize money goes up to five and a half grand if you win tonight. Yeah. Um, so, it's I mean, I'll add a bit of extra spice, won't it really? Certainly from yours <laughs> and the chairman's point of view. <laughs> Correct, you know, I'm having a bit of pressure we don't win tonight. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a fantastic opportunity to bring some money in and that's what it's all about survival this minute in time. And, you know, things are tight. You know, you've still got to pay the referee. The referee's bills tonight over 300 quid. So it's not cheap. <laughs> no, and, and the, it's difficult for the players because they know how important it is, and yet they've got to be able to play, haven't they? They can't be going onto the pitch with such a burden. They've just got to try yeah, and enjoy true. themselves. Yeah, that's right. You know, there's no pressure on them. You know, they have, they have done unbelievable to get as far as they have to go away to beat a team from the one league above in the in the previous round and then we beat the team two leagues above away against Staley Bridge. So, yeah, that, that, whatever happens tonight, you know, we've done fantastically well. No pressure on them and I just want hope they enjoy the night. What were your cup memories uh, in, at, at, at West Brom and, and um, Preston? Uh, Lee, somebody, somebody, somebody asked me that question. You know, I, was, I was at West Brom, I think I was only about 19 or 20. I was about... Ten and, all, ten and a half stone went through. We went and played away at uh, Coventry in the fourth round. And it was last minute we got a penalty. And facing me, Steve Grisovich, and he is one man mountain. Mm. Like you said, and I was on pens. And it's the last minute, I think there was about 28,000, 30,000 people in the in this. Anyway, I slotted it home and got the replay back at the Hawthorns. And unfortunately, they brought their air game and we got beat 4-0. Uh, Dion Dublin 2 and Peter and Love 2, I think, on the night. But, you know, that was, that was, a, great, that was a great little cut run we had there. Yeah, wow. We're going to talk under-21s in a minute. You won an under-21 cap as well, didn't you, for England? Some time ago, but yeah. yeah. I, did. I, 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 was, I was fortunate to room with Andy Cole, and that was a, that was a story. And it's, oh, I could write a chapter about that. Four <laughs> or five days with Andy Cole. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and Ian Walker was part of that squad as well. Yeah, yeah, he played in goals. Yeah, he, and he was a nice bloke, him. Yeah. yeah they, yeah, very, very, very nice experience. That you know, Fantastic. I was at Preston at the time in the in the second division, and I was coming up to twenty one, and they invited me, and I really enjoyed it. 
Brilliant. How long have you had the lads back? Because I'm presuming there was a long period during the lockdown when, when nobody could do anything. Uh, they've been back a hell of a long time. We obviously at the start we, we only could bring them back in groups of uh, fives and sixes. But they're telling me they've had the longest pre-season in history, and they have. Okay. You know, <laughs> everyone feels the same. I can't believe we haven't kicked a league ball, and I think we've been back about four months. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's been it's been it's been good. You know, he's got them closer. Uh, they're a good group. They're young, hungry, and I love working with them. Good, good stuff. Well, uh, well, best of luck. Yeah, tonight. all the best tonight, and they keep yeah. in touch. Next time we speak, probably when you've got Man United at Old Trafford in the third <laughs> round. Yeah, we know we know fans. That's not good to us. No, <laughs> that's very good. Point. That's true. But think of the prize money. That <laughs> well, January, you never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah never things know, might get better. Cheers, Lee. All the best. Good luck. Thanks for calling. Take care. There Bye-bye. we are. Lee yeah, Ashcroft. Good luck to everybody playing tonight. Such yeah, a we big should. Round yeah, for it's everybody. a huge second qualifying round, isn't it tonight? I'm back in Mask United. I think third qualifying round. Together. Topical. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we wish him we wish him well, and uh, yeah, as I say, he's a pretty hand to mouth existence. There's some stories there by the sound of it. He said, "Oh, I can get a book out of that." Yes. Five days with uh, with Andy Cole. So well, yeah, with, with, when, when Andy's next the in the building, the well, uh, when, when Andy's next in the building, which he is now and again, we'll have to ask him what the stories are likely to be about. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We will do it all again tomorrow. We'll have. Uh, Damon Hill and Johnny Herbert joining us and we're going to be talking about goal celebrations and Tim Vickery and all that kind of stuff so until then, thanks for listening You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.